Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome everyone to episode number four from Delving into Islam Q&A. This is your host, Wa'il. And it is a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and a privilege that I'm able to talk to you about the religion of Islam and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is allowing me to share my knowledge with you. Thank you so much for listening or participating and sending in all your questions and suggestions. And speaking of which, if you have any questions or suggestions, please email me at delvingintoislam at gmail.com. Again, delving into Islam at gmail.com and I will get back to you as soon as possible, inshallah. Uh, now, what is delving into Islam QA? This is basically a shorter type of episodes uh, that, uh, alhamdulillah, I use to answer uh, questions that are too long to answer via email. And at the same time, they're too short to answer via, uh, you know, a full length episode. Um, and uh, in today's episode, we're actually continuing the last QA episode, uh, answering Khadija's questions. Um, you know, last time we, we talked about, you know, um, talking about scholars and the sources of the religion. So that was the theme of, of the questions. Uh, the rest of the questions, let's, uh, you know, get one by one again. Like I said last time, there's a lot of questions, mashallah. They're all helpful and beneficial to us to, you know, at least answer. So um, Khadija's question is, she's basically asking, are Muslim women allowed to go to Jum'ah? If not, why not? If segregated, are they allowed? Uh, first of all, prayers between, you know, male and female should be segregated regardless Jum'ah or not. There, there has to be segregation. Uh, and you know there has to be a, some sort of a divider between the men and the women, and that is in every salah. That is how Muslims to keep modesty and you know to separate between the genders. So yes, they are allowed to do, to go to Jum'ah, uh, and if they don't, uh, if they don't, they're not to be blamed. They're not sinful. So if if a, if a Muslim woman does not go to Jum'ah, she's not sinful. But if she really wants to go to Jum'ah, she's allowed. So there's not no you know nothing wrong with a woman going to Jum'ah as long as, again, she's in a woman's section and so forth. Uh, now, uh, she's also asking, what is shirk? What is shirk? Shirk is simply associating someone with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whether a human being, whether an idol. So shirk is associating someone with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, like people who worship Jesus Christ and they call him the son of God, that is called shirk. You know, uh, uh, the Jews, for example, who talk believe in Ezra, that he's the son of God, Adair, Again, this is shirk. Uh, and, you know, those who used to worship the people of Quraysh, who used to worship the idols, this is shirk. Any shirk literally comes from the word sharaka. And sharaka in Arabic means, uh, you know, uh, uh, association, right? Uh, so that is that. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if you die upon shirk, not, um, uh, knowing or being exposed to Islam, and you still, you know, die upon shirk, then you are not forgiven, and you'll spend eternity in hellfire. It's that simple. The only, the only sin that Allah does not forgive if you die upon. The only sin Allah could forgive any other could forgive any other sin. Not necessarily will, but if you repent, Allah will. So I want to explain this part. If you repent from your sin, Allah will, inshallah, for sure forgive you because Allah said so. But if you die upon you committed murder or you committed adultery or you committed you know sins in general stole or then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could forgive you even though you did not repent on the day of judgment out of his mercy but the only one that Allah would never forgive you if you die upon is shirk if you die upon shirk knowing about Islam then Allah will never uh, forgive you and Allah said that in the Quran actually in the chapter of Nisa, verse number 48, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, 
Allah said it explicitly in the Quran. Again, chapter of Nusa, verse number 48. Allah said, Allah does not forgive those who commit shirk. I mean, if they repent and they go back to Allah, then they, Allah forgives them, of course, immediately, inshallah. But I'm saying those who die upon shirk, that's what's meant in, 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 the, in the verse. Those who die upon shirk, Allah does not forgive that. Other than that, Allah is saying, Other than that, Allah forgives anything if He wills, if He wants. So that is, uh, you know, talking about shirk. Another question is, uh, can Muslims celebrate birthdays? Um, now, here's the, the interesting part about celebrating. It depends. You know, if, if, if the birthdays are, you know, mixed genders who are not related and, you know, being uh, parties and, and blasting music and, and spending a lot of money and extravagance, you know, happening in the birthday, then yes, it is haram because it's you're doing something against Islam in the first place. However, some people, uh, I know there's a lot of scholars who say uh, uh, birthdays in general is haram because you're following previous nations and uh, some scholars actually the scholars are split on this one talking about scholars here that they are split on this one uh that 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 now the opinion that i i believe in and this is my own and again like i said the scholars are split uh some say it's completely haram uh and some say it's halal with the conditions that i just told you that there's no mixed genders that are not related so like if it's a family then it's fine but like you know guys and girls who don't know each other and they're like in tight close place and they're like you know and appropriate inappropriately listening to music or because you know a lot of birthdays could be like that um then this is not allowed and nobody is actually disagreeing on that everybody's like all the scholars this is the unanimous consensus that if this happens this is haram however if you have a, a decent, you know, uh, birthday, not that expensive, you don't spend that much money, you invite people for dinner, take the thawab of inviting Muslims for dinner, right, and, and family members and all these things, and you don't make a big thing out of it, and you can actually do something Islamic in the birthday. Like, you know, let them recite Quran, make a, a, an Islamic competition, try to gain rewards from such an event, then inshallah it is permissible and again this is half of the scholars say that so half of the scholars say we should not follow the previous century but actually the 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 the, the and the, the 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 second one is the one that i follow as long as the the birthday is not extravagant then i attend it uh, and also uh, one thing we need to know in islam is a ruling in islam that says it following uh, 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 cultures so cultures uh, as long as they do not contradict islam there's nothing un-Islamic happening in those cultures, then you are allowed to, like, for example, wearing, you know, uh, shirts and, and pants. Does that mean you're not allowed to because, the, the, the you know, the prophet and the companions used to wear, like, a thawb? No, you can't. It's based on culture. Certain cultures allow certain things, right? And as long as those things are not contradicting to Islam, then you're fine. So some of the cultures are, you know, celebrating birthdays as long as it's not extravagant. Like I said, something really tight and neat. And you can benefit, you know, family from it, Islamically speaking, and get the family together. You know, something that will, you know, create bond between family members who don't see each other. Look at it this way. Try to have the intention of making it this way. Then inshallah, it should be something beneficial. And inshallah, I think it is, in my opinion, uh, I follow that opinion, uh, which is inshallah allowed. Uh, uh, and yeah, so that is when it comes to birthdays. Uh, another question uh, that uh, you know Khadija is asking, which is, uh, can Muslims smoke, uh, you know, hookah? 
and then she follows up that question by saying, can Muslims smoke? Uh, basically, because these are toxins in your body. So smoking in general is not allowed in Islam. It's, it's, it's haram because you're hurting your body. There's nothing beneficial of smoking. It just you're literally putting like like Khadija herself said right now that you're putting toxins in your in your body. You really don't want to do that, right? And you really uh, don't want people to uh, like I said, like people who who are eating sugar for the sake of eating sugar. You're hurting yourself. Right, some people who like to eat sweets, there are some benefits from whatever, some dessert or whatever. But like, if you're doing it to hurt yourself, because again, there's nothing beneficial about smoking. As a matter of fact, smoking is a bad habit, and if you smoke in public, and you are an image as a Muslim to other Muslims who see you smoke in public, and let's just be honest, you know, hookah lounges and all the the, the, the hookah places mostly are run by Arabs and uh, and, and and Middle Easterns and, and people who are. Muslims, uh, again, for the most part, I know that some are not, uh, and and you know, but again, you you are influencing people uh, in the wrong way. Uh, smoking is something that you can get rid of. Uh, for those who smoke cigarettes, I know it's difficult for them to quit, but you should quit it for the sake of Allah. At the end of the day, this is not a, a not something that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Now, there is no smoking verse in the Quran because smoking was not a thing. But anything, anything, hear me out, that harms your body internally or externally, you, we are not as Muslims allowed to do. Uh, so that is, you know, regarding smoking. And again, let alone smoking in public and making, uh, you know, people see you as a Muslim. So you're actually encouraging other Muslims, if somebody sees you, to do so. And that is something that, uh, again, like I said, not uh, allowed in Islam. Uh, so yeah, that's that. And uh, Khadija said, can Muslims refuse their parents if their parents are not thinking in the best way for them, uh, you know, in their opinion? Um, so Islam, when talking about relationships between uh, parents and children, uh, the Prophet and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually, like, it's very strict in Islam. You should obey your parents. Should be good to them, even if they were bad people. And believe it or not, if, even if they were disbelievers. In the chapter of Luqman, verse number fifteen, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala said, "What? وَإِنْ جَهَدَكَ عَلَى أَن تُشْرِكَ بِمَا لَيْسَ لَكَ بِهِ عِلْمٌ فَلَا تَطْعُهُمَا وَصَاحِبَهُمَا فِي الدُّنْيَا مَعْرُوفَةٌ." Look at this. Allah is telling you, if the people, if if your parents are asking you to disbelieve. Inja are forcing you to disbelieve in me. Do not follow them. Do not listen to them. Look, otherwise, even though if they're asking you, not even otherwise, even though if they're asking you to, to, to disbelieve in Allah, do not follow them. Be, you know, more knowledgeable and smarter than them. But still be good to them. Still be good to them. Can you imagine? So do not refuse your parents. Do not reject your parents. You can't. Your parents could be very much the reason why you go to Jannah, to paradise. You don't want to do that. Yes, you can disagree with your parents in a more respectful way. You can sit down and talk to them, but do not be bad to them. Do not reject them. Do not refuse them. You know, Do not deny them their rights. They are your parents. And I always say this. And uh, your parents suffered to make you grow up and to raise you. And when you are grown 
and you think you have an opinion against your parents or you don't like what they're saying, even if you are right, by the way, that does not give you any right to diminish, to erase what they did for you as a child, as a newborn, as a baby, feeding you, waking up in the middle of the night. I know this because, you know, I have children of my own. Before I had children, I never understood why is it so special. It's sacred, by the way. The relationship between how we should treat our parents is sacred. It's actually disobeying our parents who are Muslims. We're talking about Muslims here. Disobeying our parents is a major sin in Islam. Aqatul walidain is a major sin in Islam. Now, if the parents are non-Muslims, you still have to be good to them. Like I said in the chapter of Luqman. You can't. You can't. Like you, you cannot be you know, anything but good and great as a child to your parents, especially if they are Muslims. Because nothing, nothing will be equal the amount of efforts and, 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 you know, and suffering that they had to go through to raise you and the amount of money they paid on you. They gave you a shelter. They gave you, oh yeah, yeah, you are their child. It's your right and they should do this, but they really shouldn't. Some parents abandon their children, right? They abandon them. They throw, you know, they put them by an orphanage or whatever. But if your parents are alive and well and they're taking care of you, don't you dare. And I'd say this with all due respect to anyone. You know what? There's a hadith by the Prophet ﷺ. He said that, you know, one time he was climbing up the pulpit to give the sermon of Jum'ah, you know, to give a speech. And then at every step, he closed his eyes and he said, Ameen or Amen. And he said he did it three times, the three steps coming out uh, up the pulpit. So then the companions asked him what happened. He said, Jibreel came to me. Jibreel, angel Jibreel came to me. And he, look, made a dua against three people, three types of people. Again, Jibreel came to him with a message from Allah. Jibreel doesn't just come randomly, like we said. He comes with a message from Allah. And Allah basically is telling him that there are three types of people who are cursed. In life and in the hereafter. The fir- look at this. The first type. Someone who was, you know, uh, someone who had his parents or her parents alive and they were not the reason why they entered Jannah. Again, if you had your parents and they're still alive or one of them is still alive and the, your parents were not the reason for you to enter Jannah, meaning if you didn't treat them well, with respect and love and because of that you enter Jannah you are a loser you're khaba wa khasir you lost basically the test now there are other ways for you to see but you lost a very safe bet a very safe method and way to go to Jannah you're not a smart person and there's a dua made against you that you may they be, basically, Injil Jibreel said, may they lose in this life for, you know, skipping on that chance. You're not, you're not a good person if you lose that chance. Now, the other two is, uh, if Ramadan passed and you were not from those that Allah forgave you know, during Ramadan, that means you never fasted in the first place in, in a good way. And for those who, if someone say in front of them, uh, mention the name of the Prophet وسلم, and you do not say either وسلم, or وسلم, you do not praise the Prophet وسلم, when his name is mentioned in front of you, on purpose, of course. Those who do not know, do not know, but now I tell you, so you know. If anybody mentions the name of the Prophet, وسلم, you have to say 
uh, may Allah peace be upon him. You have to say that at least if you can say it in Arabic, because if you do not, if you refuse to do so, then you, again you are from those who lost in this life a safe bet to basically have crazy amount of rewards and go to paradise. So that is for the parents. You should be very careful when treating your parents, especially when they are Muslims. So I hope that answered your question. Again, I think I have one more part three with Khadija's questions. Uh, like I said, mashallah, she has a lot of questions that inshallah I will address uh, in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.